Malambang Podcast. We hope this message encourages and inspires you today. Happy Resurrection Sunday. Well, hello, Victory Family. And we'd like to welcome those of you watching from your own homes. Thank you for joining us. And for those of you who are also watching from the Akash Hotel, we'd like to greet you. Thank you for joining us. And we do hope that you will enjoy this service today. And so thank you so much for tuning in. And you know, as we are all aware, we're back in ECQ. And we hope that this will not be taking quite long as we help curb the transmission of the virus. And we hope and pray that each of you, your family, that you are all safe watching from your own homes. Um, we have no in-person gathering for today as, uh, you know, it's very obvious. Only a couple of pastors are here today and uh, the tech team so that we can actually deliver this message to you from here in a Festival Mall. And we are still in the series called Salt and Light. And we have been talking about how God cares for the lowly, uh, the poor, and the marginalized um, we are now on week number four, and today happens to be Easter Sunday. And I know that this has a lot of application for us as believers and even the work of God uh, in our lives. We know, and as we have been talking about the previous week, that uh, you know God hates uh, oppressors. God hates those who are taking advantage of the marginalized, those who are uh, taking uh, advantage of justice. In fact, God, God's heart goes out for those who are suffering. And my question for us today is, have you ever gone through suffering and hardships? You know, uh, that's, I guess that's a question that all of us are probably grappling and, you know, we are confronted with this reality right now, at, at least at one point in our life. Uh, or maybe the right question is, who has not gone through suffering and pain? I believe that all of us probably have gone through that, um, maybe in the past, maybe you're going through it today, and so... We know that God sees our suffering even as we go through this pandemic. And my question for us today as we, you know, uh, talk about this preaching this uh, today, this Sunday, how do we view suffering? You know, should Christians not suffer because there is someone who suffered on our behalf? You know, that's a, a question that maybe some of us are asking. And since Jesus suffered on the cross, and we are familiar with this picture, especially during this Holy Week, um, the question is, should we be exempted from suffering? Jesus suffered. He already suffered on our behalf. He resurrected from the dead. Now, should we not suffer anymore because he went through sufferings and pain? Now, to uh, give us more perspective on that, I'd like to uh, you know, invite everybody to open your Bibles. If you have a Bible at home, I'm sure you have. Open it to the book of Isaiah chapter 52, and we'll read one verse from Isaiah 52. And... Uh, uh, we'll go straight to Isaiah 53 and read from verses uh, 3 to 6, okay? So Isaiah chapter 52, verse 13, and then we're going to read from Isaiah chapter 53, verse 3 to 6, okay? All right, so uh, in verse 13, it says, Behold, my servant shall act wisely, and he shall be high and lifted up, and he shall be exalted. Let's jump to verse 53. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he was born or he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. 
but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to our own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of all. Let's all bow our heads right now and pray. Father, thank you so much for your graciousness to us as a people who were sinners. We thank you for loving us. We thank you, Lord God, for the miracle of salvation that you have bestowed upon us through the death of your son Jesus on the cross. And we celebrate the fact that he is no longer dead, but today he is alive and he is seated at the right hand of the Father and ruling and reigning forevermore. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. All right, just to give us a quick background, it is said among that the Jewish people, you know, Isaiah chapter 53 was a forbidden chapter. You know, in fact, uh, some of the rabbis would not even read this uh, in the synagogue, even the modern-day synagogue right now. If you go to Israel, they would actually not read through Isaiah chapter 53. You know, some of them are saying that this refers to the nation of Israel. But in reality, you know, this could, no, could, this could never be in uh, in. Uh, in no way uh, referring to the nation of Israel because, you know, the nation of Israel did not uh, suffer and did not die for men's sin. And so the people today, the Jewish people, are not even familiar with Isaiah chapter 53. You know, it did not only speak of the rejection of Christ, but it actually uh, talked about in detail the suffering that he would endure. You know, some theologians are saying that this is actually the fifth gospel found in the Old Testament. In fact, I think it's John MacArthur who said that this is actually the first gospel before Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Because if you see and notice that the entire chapter of Isaiah chapter 53, this gives us a detailed account of what happened exactly on that cross and the work of Christ to bring about the salvation of man. And so I encourage you, if you have time, go ahead and read through this Isaiah chapter 53 because this is such a rich uh, passage. In fact, I believe this is one of the best passages in the Old Testament, talking about Christ. And Isaiah wrote this about 700 uh, years before the birth of Christ. In fact, you know, Isaiah, with great precision, almost as a man who saw the events unfold before him, you know, 700 years before the actual birth of Christ, he wrote what would happen to Jesus when he came to the earth in order to save mankind. And you know, as we celebrate Easter Sunday today, and as we have been familiar with so many vivid pictures of the Passion Week, you know, we're familiar with what happened, uh, you know, Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, uh, yesterday, Black Saturday, Patay Daw Ang Dios, But today, we celebrate uh, the fact that Jesus is no longer dead. He's alive. And so, as we look at Jesus, you know, people are wondering, if he is the Son of God, why did he have to die like he did? You know, some people are having a hard time, a difficult time believing that a loving God would allow his one and only Son to suffer and to die for the sins of mankind. And it is my hope that after today's message, that we will all have a clear understanding as to why Jesus suffered as to why he had to die on the cross and, you know, why he had to rise up on the third day. You know, this particular set of passages is also known as Jesus' 
being referred to as the suffering servant. You know, we have actually talked about that Jesus is king. Pastor Jay, uh, JJ Basada talked about that last week, that he is the king. He came, in fact, in Jerusalem, uh, you know, in the Passion Week, you know, earlier uh, as he was entering to Jerusalem, and the people were crying out, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. You know, he is blessed uh, because he is the Son of God coming as king. You know, my, my, my thought is, if Jesus is king, then why is he called a servant? You know, such a big discrepancy of kingship, you know, high and exalted and lofty in his sovereignty and his rulership. And yet, the Bible is saying in the Old Testament, particularly in the book of Isaiah, that he is a suffering servant. Well, Matthew talks about it in his gospel in chapter 20, verse 28, that Jesus did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. In fact, when you talk about ransom, you know, we're familiar with ransom in the Philippines. Uh, ransom is actually a sum or a price, you know, paid, used to redeem a kidnapped victim or maybe a prisoner. And so we, we know that he came here for one specific purpose. He was not someone who's, um, you know, a superstar. He was not an influencer, so to speak. He was not, no, you know, if there was social media back in the day, he came very discreet. You know, the Bible, you know, in fact, uh, last week we talked about it. He was like a shoot from a stump of the tree. You know, no one would recognize him. In fact, in verse 3, we read this earlier, he was despised. And he was rejected by men. He was not even concerned about fame during that time. He was not talking about, you know, I want to be an influencer. I want to be known. I want to be, you know, uh, you know. In fact, if he wanted to do that, he would have come as a king coming down from the clouds but he came as a baby. He came as a regular human being, just like you and me. In fact, some theologians are saying that he was probably not that handsome. He was an ordinary man. He was actually just, you know, if you look at the people around us, you know, walking in the streets of, you know, Alabang, okay, or wherever you are, Mutilupa, or maybe in the streets of wherever you're watching from, you would not recognize him because he was just a regular man. But yet the Bible says that he was despised. He was rejected by men, a man of sorrows. And he was acquainted with grief. You know, people thought he was a sinner because, you know, the Pharisees, the religious people are saying that he is a drunk, drunkard or a glutton or a blasphemer. And the religious leaders did not want to lose their position and authority which was challenged by Jesus. You know, we know that they have been there, you know, sitting uh, somehow securely in the synagogue, and then Jesus came, and then he, you know, he spoke with authority, and he moved in the Spirit of God, and he actually performed a lot of miracles and signs and wonders, and the people were following him, and, and he was becoming popular. It was not his intention to be popular, but you know how, how it is? The kingdom of God starts like a mustard seed. But yet we know that when he came, he came as a king, and he was ushering into a new kingdom. Yet today, many people also reject Jesus because they did not want another Lord in their life. You know, it's either you are Lord or He is Lord. He's either Lord of all or He's not Lord at all. My question for us today is, why did Jesus have to suffer? You know, why all this stuff? Why did he have to go through the cross? Why did he have to go and have a nail pierced with his hand? Why did he have to wear that 
uh, I suppose wear a helmet, and wear that crown of thorns. You know, why did he have to go through scourging? Or why did he have to go with a, with a, a spear at his side? Why did he have to die on that cross? And this particular passage we've read somehow describes in detail why he had to suffer. First thing is he suffered to bear our griefs and our sorrows. And we read this in verse 4. It says, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. You know, how many of you have griefs in your life right now? How many of you have gone through pain and loss? You know, it may be an emotional response to loss. But actually, when you talk about grief, it may also involve physical, maybe mental, maybe behavioral or social, spiritual dimensions. You know, you're not talking about just emotions when you talk about grief. You know, recently we've had some deaths even among our members. And it was sad because uh, we also find out that one of our volunteers in Festival Mall passed away as well due to COVID, and our sincere condolences and sympathy to the family and members who were left behind. You know, this virus that we're facing right now is deadly, and people have suffered, and people are continuing to suffer. I have been called by one of our members, one of our intercessors, just a couple of days ago, and, you know, she was a, she, she's a senior uh, citizen, and she said that she was actually not admitted yet in the hospital because the hospitals are still full, and so she was in a tent, in a triage. And so I prayed for her, and she said, I can still breathe, Pastor. I'm, I'm in faith that I will get out of this. You know, many are suffering. Many are suffering right now due to this virus. And a lot more are suffering maybe due to different circumstances. And, you know, just, I just prayed for people, right? You know, in the, and I just found out also yesterday that, there's uh, you know, a, a parent of one of our intercessors who passed away. And so, so many things. So many have different problems. Maybe some have kidney failure or cancer or tumors. And, uh, you know, people have turned their backs on him, on Jesus, because they believe that he had, you know, had, had done something to deserve uh, what he was receiving. And so, you know, you know the, the reality is Jesus suffered not because he deserved it, but Jesus suffered on our behalf. Jesus suffered so that he can carry on our griefs and our sorrow. You know, when you talk about grief, it's a response to loss. You know, when you lose someone, you love, you're affected because the affection has been formed there. You know, it has been severed as well. You know, when you talk about grief as well, you know, it's talking about anxiety or affliction. It does not refer to sins, but to sufferings. And there are those that are affected economically by this pandemic. You know, people have lost jobs and they have no work currently because maybe of the slowdown of the company they're working in or it didn't just slow down. Maybe some of them shut down. You know, according to CNN report, about 4.2 million Filipinos have lost their jobs in February 2021, just a couple of months ago, according to uh, that news. And this is because of the COVID-19 pandemic. And, you know, this is actually a sad reality for our nation, going through pain and suffering. Not only are people going through difficult uh, situations in health, uh, in sickness, uh, just the trauma of all it, and yet uh, it, they're also affected economically. You know, you know when, you, when you talk about Jesus carrying our griefs and our sorrow, it means that the Messiah would take upon himself 
the suffering of the people. And when you, when you talk about the word bore, you know, not about boring, okay, but bore, to bear, it means that, you know, one removes the burden from the shoulders of another and places it on his own. And the word means to take up and to lift and to raise. And I believe that Jesus is raising us up in the midst of our situation. Jesus wants to lift you up, to lift up your source of grief from you. He wants to take it away from you, let go of it. And He wants you to place it on His shoulders so that He can carry it for you. You don't have to bear your griefs by yourself. In fact, in Matthew chapter 11, it says, you know, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Will you give it to Him? You know, He suffered to carry not only our griefs, but even our sorrows. And perhaps the difference is that sorrows may refer to the pains of the mind, anxiety, trouble of the soul. And many of us are fighting fears in our minds about many things. And how many of you have fears right now? You know, Jesus wants to carry those fears that we have. Some have fears about their physical situation, their economy, their children, their marriage, basically the future. You know, we don't know what the future brings, but we, knows, we know who holds the future for us. You know, we've also, also been saying, you know, we need to have faith over fear, faith over fear, and that's great. And that's so true that we need to have faith, faith in the one who can help us. But then I realize also that many times, even if we have faith, the fear is still there. What I'm saying is, even if you have fears, just continue to hang on to Him. In fact, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15 talks about, For we do not have a high priest who is enabled to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who is in every respect have been tempted as we are and yet without sin. Secondly, Jesus suffered because of sin and iniquity. We read that earlier in verse 5. But He was pierced for our transgressions. You know, Jesus did not die because of His sin, because, because He's sinless. But He died and He was pierced because of our sins. Without exceptions, every one of us have nailed Jesus on the cross. We're the ones who put Him on the cross. We're the ones who actually were guilty. We're the ones who pierced Him because of our transgression, because of our iniquity, because of our sins and trespasses. And Jesus was pierced. He was wounded. He, was, he had thorns and He had nails and He had the spear that He received on His side because of our sins. You know, in Romans chapter 5, verse 8, it says, But God shows His love for us that in while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You know, God's love for us is no longer a question here. We know that God loves us. And I hope that for those of you watching, you're going through suffering and pain, despite the fact that you and I are going through suffering and pain, it doesn't diminish the fact that God loves us. God loves us, period. It's the truth. Yet, because of the fallen nature of this world, because of the depravity of man, because of sin, we're going through pain and suffering. And because of our sin, we're the ones who actually put Jesus on the cross. And while we were rebelling, and while we were disobeying, He sent His Son, Jesus, to pay the penalty for our sins. You know, can He not just wipe out our sins? You know, just say, I forgive you. You know, but the Bible says the wages of sin is death. And someone has to pay the price. Guess what? It's either I pay for my sins 
or Jesus pays for my sins. I thank God that He already paid for my debt. And all I have to do is to put my trust in Him. In fact, let me just say this. You know, the people of today do not go to hell because of their sins. The people today go to hell because they don't put their trust in the finished work of Christ on the cross. Jesus, once and for all, did and made a perfect, complete sacrifice for the sins of mankind, past, present, and future. It's paid for. He said, Tetelestai, it is finished. The sacrifice has been made. The question is, will you put your faith in Him? Will you put your trust in what He did for us? But the, the, the reality is many people don't seem to know and accept the fact that Jesus loves them so much that they're still working it out and they're still working out their salvation so that they can be accepted by God. Second part of that verse talks about He was crushed for our iniquities. And this verse refers to the weight of the sin of the world crushing on Jesus. It means that He was broken to pieces. Bruised, crushed. You know, I can only imagine, you know, sometimes I would go to the grocery and I would buy, you know, my wife would request me to buy crushed pineapple, you know. You know, this pineapple was crushed because of a machine, because the weight of the machine is a good example of what Jesus had to go through that cross 2,000 years ago. And I can only imagine the many billions of people on the planet who live before, now, and in the future, Jesus has carried the weight of each one. And He was crushed because of our sins. My sins crushed my Savior and sent Jesus on the cross. It's not just the sins of Hitler or Paul Pot or those who are abusive leaders in different countries. It's the collective sins of the people of this entire planet. And all the people who were born and who have yet to be born have crushed Jesus. And guess what? He paid the penalty for our sins. Third thing, the reason why Jesus had to suffer is He suffered because, you know, He suffered for our peace and healing. And in verse 5b, it says, you know, upon Him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. You know, the word chastisement refers to punishment. You know, for me, as I was looking at this verse, I said, it's unfair. We sinned and Jesus was punished for our sins. And how can an innocent man be punished for the crime that he did not commit? And I call this the ultimate injustice. Not only did the guilty get away from their sins, but the innocent had to suffer for the sins of the guilty. I mean, talk about an unfair justice system. But how many of you know that God is fair in His justice system? Someone has got to pay the price for man's sin. And we sinned. We committed the crime, but someone paid for that. His punishment brought us peace or shalom. It means complete well-being, spiritual, mental, physical, social, relational, etc. I mean, fill in the blanks. When you talk about shalom, it means that nothing missing, nothing wrong. It's not just about having a nice feeling of utopia, you know, with lots of endorphins and dopamine, you know, because you, you're feeling good about yourself. It is the wellness of your entire being because, you know, God is restoring every part of your body that is broken. You got a broken mind, 
Maybe you're anxious about things. You got some mental issues. You got some emotional problems. You got some hurts. You got some pain in the past. Maybe it's a broken body. Maybe it's relationships that are broken. Guess what? When, when the Bible says that His chastisement brought us peace, I believe that God is restoring the peace that He has designed for mankind all along. You know, when you talk about peace, it means nothing missing, nothing broken. And Jesus suffered so that we can be fully restored. Through Jesus' death, God allows us to have peace and reconciliation with Him. How many of you appreciate that? How many of you appreciate the fact that, you know, we used to be enemies of God, but God is the one who actually reached out to us. And He's saying, I'm offering to you peace. And because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross, the door, the access, the, you know, us to be able to come into the presence of the Father is available for each and every one of us. My question for us today is, will we accept that? Another area that Jesus did was healing. Healing is available to us. And I'd like to read from 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. And it says, He Himself bore our sins in His body on the tree, that we might die to sin, no longer uh, controlled by sin, but to live to righteousness. And the Bible says, as if quoting Isaiah, by His wounds we are healed. Another translation talks about by his stripes, we are healed. The stripes on his back, you know, the wounds in the stripes or the lashings on the back of Jesus done by the Roman whips. You know, somehow this is a, a way to torture uh, any criminal by the Roman soldiers. 39 stripes were the traditional punishment for a condemned prisoner. And according to the verse, the stripes were upon Jesus and Jesus bore that on our behalf so that we can have healing. You know, some theologians are saying that this healing refers, referred to here is actually spiritual healing and not necessarily physical healing. That God wants to heal our souls and give us comfort and peace and wholeness. But you know, I'd like to tend to believe that God intends to heal our bodies as well from sickness. And when the Bible says, by his stripes or by his wounds, we are healed. Because when you talk about our spirit, our spirit is not just sick. Our spirit is dead. We don't just need healing for our spirit. We need resurrection power of the Holy Spirit. But when you talk about our body, our body is deteriorating. It's decomposing because of the effects of sin in our lives. And I believe that the fact that Jesus went to the cross... He also purchased that fact that we can actually be healed from our sickness. And if Jesus healed many of those who are sick physically during His time and those who are demon-possessed, then we can also do the same thing. And we can claim the same healing. He said, greater works will we do because He goes to the Father. And I believe that if any one of you in your own home right now is sick, I want you to claim that healing. I want you to just you know, receive that by the stripes and by the wounds of Jesus on that cross. He purchased not only forgiveness for our sins, but He also purchased healing for us. You know, Psalm 103 talks about this, you know, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. He not only forgives our sins, but He also heals our diseases. You know, the, the, the fourth thing is Jesus suffered so that we can be brought back 
to the Father. I'd like to end here. Verse 6, it says, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. For me, Jesus suffered because he wants to invite us home. It's a homecoming. And the Good Shepherd is rounding up his sheep from all over different parts of this world. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 25 talks about this. For you were straying like sheep, but we have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Jesus suffered and died so that he could be the shepherd who could lead us home. In fact, Jesus is the good shepherd, but he's also our scapegoat. You know, when you talk about a scapegoat, a scapegoat is someone who takes the blame or fall for something that they did not do. In other words, he's the fall guy. In fact, in Leviticus chapter 16, it says in the Old Testament that two goats are normally given to the priest. And the first goat was slain as a sin offering. And the second goat is considered to be the scapegoat. And what the priest will do is he will lay his hand on the goat and the priest will somehow vicariously transfer all the sins of the people on the goat. And it will be led away to the desert as a sign of the removal of the sins of the people of Israel. Jesus is both our sacrificial lamb and he is also our scapegoat. He let us put our sins on him so that we can all have eternal life. And He already paid for your sins on the cross. And all you've got to do is to believe in the finished work of Christ on Calvary. Before we pray, I want us to also have a healthy theology of suffering. My question for us today is, does this mean that if I receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, I don't have to suffer? No, it doesn't mean that when you give your life to Jesus that you will no longer experience any suffering or pain that somehow you will be exempted from it already. Guess what? We all still live in this fallen and broken world because of sin. And there will be hardships and suffering. In fact, the Apostle Paul talks about it in Philippians chapter 3. He declared this in verse 10. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of His resurrection. It's Resurrection Sunday. I want to know the power of that word you know, that, that thing that happened 2,000 years ago and experienced the same power of resurrection in my body. But he also declared, and the participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. You know, Paul knew that he will experience the resurrection power of Jesus and yet still participate in his suffering. You know, my encouragement for all of us today watching we must continue to have a high view of God in the midst of all our suffering. You know, I've been a Christian for many years, more than three decades, and I have my fair share of going through griefs and pain and suffering. I've lost a son early on. I've lost a mom. I've had problems in my, my physical body as well, problems in my vocation as a pastor and so on and so forth. We're not exempted from this suffering, but yet we need to have a high view of God. In the, in the midst of our sufferings and pain, He cares for us. 
And He will work all things for the good of those who love Him and those who are called according to His purpose. And I believe that we need to just continue to look at God for His grace. We also must have a humble view of ourselves that all these things that we are receiving from Him, it's all undeserved and it's all by His grace. And I believe that the work of suffering is to see Christ exalted in our lives. And if our Lord Jesus suffered, we too may actually suffer. I'd like to quote, and as I end, the Moravian missionaries have said this, a one-way ticket to where they are called to serve in mission. May the lamb that was slain receive the reward for his suffering as we go and obey the call of God for us. Let us bow our hearts right now and pray. Father, thank you so much for your grace upon every one of us. And I pray for those who are watching from their homes. I pray, God, that they would have an encounter with you today. Father, for those who are suffering and those who are going through difficult times and pain, I thank you for your grace, Lord. And may they look to you as their source of strength, God. Indeed, as you said, your yoke is easy and your burden is light. I thank you, Lord God, that you will carry this load for them. And for those of you who are watching from your home, maybe you're not yet saved, you're not yet born again, I'd like to lead you in a prayer right now. And I believe that God is inviting you to, you know, to extend His hand to you to have a relationship with Him. Would you pray with me right now? Let's just bow our heads and pray. Follow along with me. Just say this prayer. Lord Jesus, I confess that I am a sinner needing a Savior. And I thank you for going to the cross and giving your life as a payment for all my sins. I believe that Jesus is Lord and I confess that He is raised from the dead. And I thank you, Lord God, today that I am now accepted and forgiven from all my sins. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer, I want to congratulate you because today is the start of your new relationship and your walk with God. Now, let me just end with this last verse. And we've read this in Isaiah 52, verse 13. It says, Behold, my servant shall act wisely, and he shall be high and lifted up, and he shall be exalted. And as we celebrate Resurrection Sunday, we know that we are worshiping and we are serving a risen King. And He is high and He is lifted up. And may we continue to lift Him up in our lives and even in our circumstances. May God bless us all. You know, if you have received Jesus today as your Lord and Savior, and if you're watching, or maybe anybody of you are watching today and you want to join a small group, I'd like to invite you to, uh, you know, to click the link uh, that's being shown below victoryalabang.church slash connect. And if also you have any prayer needs, we'd like to pray with you and stand with you and pray, agree with you in prayer, just go ahead and send it to victoryalabang.church slash pray. And I hope that you were encouraged by our worship service today. And, you know, if you have some uh, time today as well, I'd like to encourage you to uh, uh, have uh, time with your family and talk about the discussion questions. And you can talk about this maybe over lunch, dinner, or whenever you have the time later on. Uh, you can actually just uh, go and do a snapshot of what's going to happen in the screen. And as you see the, the different discussion questions, we hope that this will actually uh, be a blessing to all of us. And if you've learned something today, just tag Victory Alabang. And stay tuned on our uh, uh, Facebook 
Alabang uh, and Instagram for our future announcement because we don't know uh, how long this ECQ would last. And we do hope and pray that you will just stay home, be safe, be socially distanced, uh, you know, follow health protocols. Let's continue to be in faith even during this season. Let me pray for you as we close. Thank you so much, Lord God. Even during this time, we will all be safe and we will all be protected, God. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord turn His face toward you and grant you peace. May the love of our Heavenly Father and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us always. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you all. See you next week. Make sure to subscribe and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Feel free to share this message with your friends too. For more information about our church, visit our website at www.victorialamang.church.